Welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, May 19th, 2021. I am Tell Me on a Sunday podcast, Grace Aki. And I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tiamanini. Don't forget, of course, about our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Broadway Radio for all the good goodies. The good goodies. That's the best way I could say that. Not bad goodies. It's not. No, not the bad goodies. Not not um, Sierra's goodies. Wasn't that wasn't that her song? Uh, These mad goodies. Sure. Youths of America, please tweet us at Youths. Broadway Radio. Let me know that it was <laughs> Sierra. Here's the thing, guys. Our group chat was blowing up today, so we're going to just drop oh right God. into it. Do you feel like that? Oh, my God. Let's, Let's do it, it, please. Okay, cool. So the famed musical Dear Evan Hansen's movie trailer officially released today, and the trailer shows ever. the original <laughs> the original star, Ben Platt, as the titular deer. Um, additionally, we get to see Colton <laughs> Ryan. Hold on, hold on, hold on. That's a, that, that's a RuPaul reference, isn't it? Yes. Okay. Very good. Thank you. Yes. Ben is doing amazing work as deer in that show. It's amazing. The deer is the titular deer. Universal Pictures is scheduled to release this movie on September 24th of this year. We got to see Julianne Moore as Evan Hansen's mom of Heidi, who's she's probably going to get an Oscar. What am I saying? The Golden Globes are over. So these people are going to get nominated. Um, Amy Adams as Cynthia Murphy, Danny Pino as uh, Larry Murphy, Amanda Stenberg from The Hate You Give, which I highly recommend that you watch as Alana Beck, Nick Dodani as Jared. Added to the cast are roles that were created just for the film. Uh, specifically, I'm talking about uh, our friend mean, from the Mean Girls musical, Demarius Copes. He's wonderful. Um, Gerald Caesar and Liz Kate were also added for the film. And here's the thing. If your group chat wasn't blowing up about this trailer, get a new group chat. Yeah, you've got bad friends. You've got bad <laughs> friends got bad if it friends. wasn't. Yeah. Um, but this was this was pretty big news for, for the theater community and moviegoers alike because this is the first time a lot of like film people that follow Amy Adams' crazy career for the past year um, with her choice of movie, you know, like seeing this and then Googling what the plot of this film was, which was absolutely comical to watch unfold on Twitter. Um, Matt, you had some thoughts. Oh my God. I, I mean, Excellent. look. That's a separate show, maybe. Yeah. So here's the thing. We all kind of understood that Ben Platt playing a high schooler was a bit of a stretch. He is not actually all that much older than normally people play high schoolers in movies and on stage. He's only in his mid to late-ish. Yeah, 20s. Um, But he has my disease where I looked like I was 30 when I was 16. Mm, So he just looks older and whatever the hell hair and makeup did for him for this movie were not helping um apparently it was the same makeup designer as who worked on his netflix show the politician which really surprises me because i thought he actually looked pretty young in in the politician not that i watched it but from trailers and scenes he does not look young in this they put some sort of mop on his head Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know if it's makeup. I I honestly feel like he might be wearing some sort of facial prosthetics because it does not look like Ben Platt. And I th- that sounds like a joke, but I promise you it's not. I feel like he's wearing something on his face. I saw him right before shutdown, and like I will I will say that I don't I don't know that I don't think it's that, but. He, I think that the way that the film is shot from what I saw in the trailer, it's very dark. It's very grainy. It's very like 
blue tones. And I don't think that that helps any of the situations you're referring to Maybe. because in the politician, it's very bright. Um, yes. The colors, I mean, like everybody looks phenomenal on that show and the way that I feel like the, the color tinting of this, I'm not, a, I, I do not make films guys. So like chillax you know, on more than adding I me. Yeah, this is amazing. yeah. But I'm saying that the, the way that it was shot, I can tell that it, it ages every single person because it's meant to look, um, dramatic it's meant to look toned yeah yeah so i think all of those factors do not help the situation that we're all talking about which kind of sucks because that's not on him you know what i mean like this is not that's that's not on his performance um what i think is is most shocking about the the comeback or you know what everyone's talking about about the thing is that they're realizing that this is not a gay love story yeah, no, and that's what I saw that's the way on Twitter. It looks in yeah, the trailer. Well, and like there were people who said like they remember all the talk about the show when it was on Broadway, and obviously will yeah. be when it returns, and saying like they just assumed it was about yeah. a kid coming out. And I forget. Oh, I'm not going to be able to find it on the Twitter machine, but uh, somebody yeah. I follow said um, that they thought it was really odd how everyone was confused about the plot, and then they yeah. lo- they remembered what the original log line for the show was and it was something like you will be found well yeah or like for <laughs> everybody who's searching to find uh the way to live as authentically as possible or something yeah and it's like yeah. okay yeah i get that that does sound like uh a high school kid coming out and mm-hmm. you know there was somebody on twitter who was not a theater person and just said like hey theater people help me out is evan hansen coded as gay on stage as well no and I mean, I don't know what, you know, that's always a tough question to answer. He, I, he's definitely coded as being on on the spectrum, I think, um, pretty obviously, yeah. even though they don't um, uh, mention that. But it's just, it's so weird. But we have to talk about the memes, uh, Grace, about all of the different jokes that people were making from comparing uh, Ben Platt and Dearvin Hansen to Stockard Channing in Greece. Uh, for looking way too old than they should have, comparing him to um, Buddy the Elf in Elf, both in the fact that they've got the weird curly hair and the fact that Buddy the Elf is like 10 times the size of all the other elves, kind of like Ben Platt looks like he's 10 times the age. Um, Then we got comparisons to Sarah Paulson as Marsha Clark in uh, The People vs. O.J. Simpson uh, for, for, for FX. Um, Pat from Saturday Night Live, um, mm. the Steve Buscemi, what's up, my fellow youths <laughs> meme. Like, there's so, so many. It's so funny. I died on all of them. And unrelated to that stuff, um, at Tapeworthy, if you don't follow yeah. uh, them on Twitter, so good. Just before we started recording, tweeted, it's been a day when we're talking about the musical and the white man at its heart who lied and gaslit everyone wrecking mm-hmm. all their lives. And it's not Garth Drabinsky's new show, which we're going to talk about later yeah, in this episode. I you would, you would bring that up. Cause I didn't put it in the, in the uh, copy, but we, we will bring it up. So <laughs> I think that this is when we should oh pivot and take a moment to talk about our sponsor express VPN. It is so crazy to me that when we talk about the internet and how much things have changed since the days of the AOL dial-up and to where we are now when we literally are online 24-7. The biggest change, and it 
addition to connection speeds is the fact that we, when we once were private and only shared things when we were doing our ASL checks in 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 chat rooms, is to the fact now where nothing is private. Can you imagine all of the people out there on the interwebs who are looking to crawl through, collect, and aggregate all of your data and put it together in a permanent record that anybody can buy and sell and use to rip you off? The worst part is that they they don't even have to tell you who they're selling it to. They're just like, hey, I'm going to do the thing that we do and, and not get your consent. So um, one of these data points is your IP address that they're stealing. So data harvesters use your IP address to uniquely identify you and your location. But with ExpressVPN, my connection gets rerouted through an encrypted server and my IP address is masked. Every time I turn ExpressVPN on, I'm given a random IP address shared by other ExpressVPN customers. That makes it much more difficult for third parties to identify me and harvest my data. Thank God. Yeah. So if like me, you believe that your data is your business, secure yourself with the number one rated VPN on the market. Visit expressvpn.com slash Broadway radio and get three extra months for free. That's expressvpn.com slash Broadway radio. Go to expressvpn.com slash Broadway radio to learn more. So just when you thought we were done with the Broadway League, we aren't. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Broadway League. <laughs> we, we just aren't ever done. So today, the Broadway League issued a statement on how, you know, the progress of yesterday's news, like Matt and I covered it. You know, we talked about how Governor Cuomo was like, New York's mass mandate can match the CDC recommendations. Cool. Great. How does this affect Broadway? Right. So a representative from the league issued a statement claiming that they are evaluating the revised guidelines and their potential impact on the industry. So Broadway is still on track to resume performances beginning September, September 14th. We know this date. I'm going to tattoo it to my ass. And they will continue to work with union partners to finalize health and safety protocols. They're not ready to comment specifically on vaccination requirements, but the Broadway League has had about 14 months to decide what they're going to do and to work on this. I mean, this feels kind of like a contractor's promise, like tomorrow, guys, it'll be done tomorrow. And we're like, OK, wink, wink. Um, so that's we got a statement basically being like, we're considering what we just heard oh. yesterday. Here's here's the thing. Like, there yeah. are two ways you can look at this statement and specifically the part about vaccination requirements. You can mm -hmm. say that that is is a, a thinking about what requirements have to happen backstage for them to approve union workers to get on stage or backstage if they're stage managers, which is fine. That's what they've been doing. But at this point, there is no chance in hell that they're going to have any impact on whether or not audience members yeah. are vaccinated. That ship has sailed. And I don't know which one this is. That wasn't clear yeah. from the statement. But at this point, yeah. they've sold way too many tickets. There was yeah. no indications as to whether or not you had to be um, you had to be vaccinated or you had to wear a mask. <laughs> even like those kind of things weren't necessarily listed on most of the uh, on the websites to sell tickets. So. Uh, at this point, I feel like they're just talking about what the workers have to do. And let's be honest, I would be shocked if 90% of the actors uh, and stage managers weren't vaccinated already and, and going to yeah. be fine. Now, some of the other folks, who knows? But like, I just feel like, again, the Broadway League, Equity, all of those things are just like, okay, let's, let's, let's put out a statement two weeks 
after everything has already been decided for us. Exactly. So that's kind of what we've got. And that's what we're telling you guys. So now we have some out of town news, starting with one of my favorite theater homes, Chicago. The pre-Broadway premiere of Paradise Square is coming to Chicago. The musical will play a strictly limited engagement from November 2nd through November 5th. That's strict as hell. One month. Wow. At the Broadway in Chicago's James Niederlander Theater, Paradise Square will be the first major pre-Broadway show to open in Chicago post-pandemic. So casting in Broadway and the Broadway dates and theater have not been announced. We will let you know when we have that, but the show kind of encapsulates like the tenement houses of five points in New York City in 1863 during the Civil War with a focus on the stories of free-born Black Americans and Irish immigrants and how everyone learns to coexist. Now, I'm assuming, Matt, you have some information additionally um, from this producer for this specific show. <laughs> Would you care to elaborate? Uh, sure. Yeah. I was actually yeah. talking with a friend, Oliver Roth, about this show mm. kind of tangentially uh, on yeah. Tuesday. This is not the first time the show has had a, a production. They ran at Berkeley Rep in the 2018-2019 season. Um, so this is not new. This is not a new show, but it has an interesting background. It is actually based on the songs of Stephen Foster. And you're like, oh, Cat McPhee's husband. No, no, no. Different person. Stephen okay. Foster. Yeah. Stephen Foster is the guy who mm-hmm. wrote Oh Susanna. Like, yeah. don't you cry for me, Oh Susanna. So a lot of those classic public domain songs have kind of been reworked. There's additional music by Jason Howland and Larry Kerwin with lyrics by Nathan Tyson. Um, and it kind of sounds like Civil War ragtime to me, which is, I guess, appropriate considering our next story. Yeah. Or, I mean, yeah. not, not our next story uh, on who the producer is with his, with his Garth Drabinsky. But what interests me most about this show is who is on the creative team. Moises mm-hmm. Kaufman is directing and yep. Bill T. Jones is choreographing. So, like, those two guys are, like, pretty impressive artistically. And I don't know off the top of my head if I've ever if I can remember Moises Kaufman directing a musical so like while the fact that you're telling me it's a musical with songs by the guy who wrote Oh Susanna does nothing to interest me this Mm -hmm. creative team certainly does yeah I mean yeah I'm very curious we will obviously be learning something very soon because they're you know opening in November and they're expected to have a Broadway transfer. This is an out-of-town tryout. So I'm curious as well. So across the pond, or rather across the river, hey, 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 did you like that transition, Matt? I know <laughs> Over you did. Over the didn't. river through um, the woods, yeah. <laughs> we have news from the popular New Jersey theater paper mill Playhouse. Today they announced their upcoming season for the 2021-2022 year. Uh, productions are including Jason Robert Brown's Songs for a New World, A New World, uh, and then a production titled A Jolly Holiday with Disney on Broadway, then Clue, based on, you know, the Tim Curry 1985 film, Flames, Flames on the Side of My Face, and then the new musical, The Wanderer, based on the life and music of Dion, and then finally Sister Act. So we've got dates for Songs for New World starting in October 13th. The Jolly Holiday Disney on Broadway situation is obviously in December through January. Clue is running January 26th, February 20th. The Wanderer has announced some of their casting. It's going to run March 24th through April 24th of 2022, starring Mark Guartella, Christy Altamar, and Joey McIntyre. Yes. Uh, and then Sister Act is closing out their season in June. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no other casting is, has been announced. I just, I know that casting exists because I know they were working on it this uh, the past couple months. Yeah, it was supposed to actually be part of Paper Mill's 
2020 season, like in the spring of 2020, like they, you know, pandemic aside, they had -hmm. planned on doing the show in the spring of 2020. And then if all went well, coming to Broadway sometime thereafter. Um, Look, you had me at Joey McIntyre. Like there's, you know, uh, I, I know the name Dion and I know some of the songs that he wrote. He's like a major pop and rock, you know, early pop and rock uh, songwriter and performer. That's fine. I'm not interested, but Joey McIntyre star of uh, star of Boston public. I'm all I'm all for it. Star of Boston Public. That's the takeaway. I mean, not the Fantastics film. Oh no, that's not a takeaway that anybody wants. Okay, well, maybe our listeners, please let me know if you (laughs) like that. Okay, so finally, I want to just you know we talked about up upcoming 54 Below concerts that we're going to be at. I, you know, frantically emailed 54 Below about Robbie Rizal's show. I'm super excited about it uh, for June, and I just wanted to highlight some other shows that I feel like. I don't know if everyone's going to be like uh, posting about all the shows that they're going to, but I want to specifically talk about these two. So Vashti Mompoint was featured in SpongeBob SquarePants, The Prom, The CBS Showcase, also an adorable nurse in Nora from Queens. Her shows are kind of amazing and she's doing Bits, Gummies, Folk and Love or How I Survived the Last Year of My Life. Uh, It sold out last time. So I recommend that you get a ticket because Ethan Slater is going to be there. Lily Cooper, Caitlin Kennanen, Izzy McCullough, Sasha Hutchings, like the list goes on and on. It's going to be a great show. And it's August 8th. I really want you to get a ticket to that one. And then the next one is Michael R. Jackson covers and uncovers also on August 31st. I mean, Pulitzer Prize winning book writer and composer lyricist for A Strange Loop. You're not going to want to miss that show either. So I'm just saying like, yeah. And even Vashti's show, a portion of the proceeds are are going to be going to the Actors Fund, which benefits everyone probably involved in that show. So um, that's that's kind of it for me. Um, Do you have any plans to see anything, Matt? Not not currently, because I'm not planning on coming up until later in the fall. But I will be looking up that. Uh, the schedule once those things are announced for November, December. And I usually try to go to see at least one or two concerts at 54, depending on the schedule when I'm in town. Um, Then I try to hit the other cabarets as things are, uh, you know, interesting and fit into my schedule. But I, you know, love the late night shows because I can always add it to my schedule when I have 12 shows in eight days. And that's actually usually, Mm -hmm. that's usually a light schedule for me, 12 shows in eight days. So. Love more oh. concerts. Love that these things are going to be uh, getting back to rocking and rolling very soon. I agree. I agree. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. Don't forget about our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Broadway Radio. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at It's Grace Aki. Matt, where can people find you? They can find me if they're so inclined at BWW Matt. <laughs> thank you guys so much. We will see you tomorrow. 